Hello again, Internet, and welcome back to episode three of the Wonky Cast. Uh, I'm still trying to pull my brain together. It's shattered remnants from uh, the Alice Aid fundraiser last night, which is uh, a fundraiser that took place to raise money for turning Robert Rankin's Alice on Mars into a film. Uh, which, if you've not uh, looked at yet, I'll uh, send some links across in the uh, the show notes for this, so you can go and have a look at the Indiegogo page. There's only a couple of days left to go on that, so uh, if you want to see Alice on Mars getting made, then uh, go and pledge your money over there. Uh, so this week on the show, I am talking to Steve Mould, who is one of the, the guys from Festival of the Spoken Nerd, also BBC Science presenter. A uh, very lovely man who gave up some of his Friday to, to have a chat with me. So, uh, yes, here you go. Episode three. Enjoy. Uh, so yeah, uh, as I was going to say, you, you did your um, MA in Oxford. Did you do an undergrad in Oxford as well? Yeah, I did. So it was a four-year course. Um, so when you do a four-year course in physics, it's an MA that you get at the end. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I went to a college called St. Hughes, um, yeah. which is probably less well-known, but it, it's lovely. It's kind of, uh, it's right up north and it's very sort of, uh, well, it's as working class as you be, up at I the summer town end, uh, is it? It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's a, it's a very down to earth college, you know. It's not it's not too posh. Cool. No, so, exactly. Uh, I've lived kind of in and around Oxford for like the last maybe twelve years, something like that. Do you like it? Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I used to run pubs and nightclubs in Oxford City Centre, which was a bit weird. Did you? Yeah, I used to <laughs> run the the Gloucester Arms, which is the little rock pub. Uh, and I ran the the Bullingdon on Cowley Road, which is a nightclub at the back, and yeah. I uh, I know a guy who runs nightclubs or used to. A guy called Baldrick. Uh, no, yeah. Bal Bowery. Yeah. Bowery. I don't really. I mean, he's a friend of a friend, but anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. No. It's it's, it's good fun. I mean, I've I've, I've 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 that's why I've stuck around Oxford. It's a, a nice place. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you still live around that area, or are you somewhere? Else. No, I, I moved. Uh, I moved to London. So I grew up in Newcastle, and I moved to. Uh, I moved to London after Oxford, um, just because all my friends were as well. You know, you, you sort of you make loads of friends at uni, and then the thought of sort of going back home and is you know yeah difficult. And, but there was so I'd started doing stand up comedy at university, and um, I, and I wanted to carry on doing it, and it you know there's an enormous open mic circuit in London so it seemed like the natural place to go yeah I mean, what, what kind of got you to go and start doing stand-up well I, um, uh, it was someone called Josie Long uh, she she was probably three years below me or uh, and, and and she started in um, she, she was doing stand-up when she was 16 I think she like won awards and stuff yeah and so she she wanted to start up a stand up comedy night when she when she started in Oxford, um, so yeah, I saw posters out of a go. <laughs> cool. And it was I mean it's probably never I can think of ever done. Yeah. Um, but then it get it gets easier very quickly. Yeah. So did did you just start out on your own doing stuff? What what sort of stuff was it that you were doing originally? Oh, you know, sort of nerdy observational stuff, um, and I. 
so and I, I did all right and I started earning little bits of money doing stand-up comedy and then I got into doing sketch comedy when I met Gemma Arrowsmith um, she's a, a brilliant character comedian absolutely fantastic um, and we did four Edinburgh shows together right um, and it was it was while I was doing that that I got into doing science stuff as well and started to hear about uh, Matt and Helen um, and it was, it was one year when we were all doing shows and we'd heard about each other and we'd maybe been on bills together here and there but um, we were all doing really nerdy shows at the Edinburgh Festival uh, what three years ago yeah uh, and um, we were, everyone was recommending that we go and see each other's shows so yeah. you know there was people were saying you got to go and see Hanshaw you got to go and see Matt uh, and they were being told to see my show um, anyway we, we sat down and, and decided you know there aren't enough opportunities to try new nerdy material so we, we started our own night and it was a it was an excuse and a sort of um, impetus to write new material because you know if you've got a regular gig every month and, and the theme changes every month you have to come up with so that was uh, we were four uh, started off in a little upstairs room in a pub, 40 seats, yeah. uh, and we sold out 40 seats every month. <laughs> so we cool. moved to a bigger place, uh, and and so yeah, it just grew from there really. Cool, yeah, because uh, I mean, I, I caught up, caught well, most of your guys' show at the Sci-Fi Weekender in Wales a couple of a couple of months ago. Oh, did you? Great, great, great. Yeah, because uh, we met very very <laughs> briefly backstage because I'd I, I'd been uh, I, I was interviewing Rene Aubergenois on the Saturday. I was going to pick up some stuff and you guys were just ready to get on on the Saturday night. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How, how did you um, find that? Because that was a very different, that was a, a very nerdy crowd. Do you know, it's interesting. I wasn't sure how it would go because often um, when, when you're booked for a corporate gig, the energy can be really weird. Uh, so, like, we were, we were booked for a tech conference once. Um, well, actually, it was like a coding conference. It was it was for web developers, you know, and oh, yes, um, that's, that's me. Hello, I'm just, a web developer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I mean, we, we love you guys, but <laughs> the way it was set up uh, was such that, you know, we were put on at the end after everyone was really tired and they just wanted to go home and it just did like, it was hard, you know, yeah. uh, whereas we did, um, uh, we did this conference for um, open source mapping geeks. Yeah, and they again, were just, I've also like, done that. Right, there you go. So they've been drinking all day, and you know, and it, it was just like, yeah, they were so up for it. And, um, and so when it comes to um, doing like a, a, a sort of sci-fi convention, we just didn't know which way it was going to go. Yeah. And in the end, we had an amazing time, in, and they just seemed totally up for it, you know. Um, so yeah, we, we were really happy with how it went, but it was a shame that Helen wasn't there. Hopefully we'll, we'll get invited back, and we'll, yeah. we'll have Helen next yeah, that would be cool. Uh, it seems like I should have seen you at tons of other stuff then if you do web developer and, and geospatial stuff. Cause, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, um, I, we said, what was it? Uh, um, I, would, I do this thing about shapes of constant width, um, which you may or may not uh, see. Yeah, but, yeah we saw um, it. We, we have some. My daughter came and bought some because she was at the Sci-Fi Weekend and she was like, oh, I've got to have some of them. Brilliant. They're so cool. And so she's taken them into school and gone, here's these shapes of constant width. And, and everyone at school's got what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's hard to explain to the listeners what shapes of constant width are, but if you Google them, uh, basically a 50p coin, although it's not a circle, 
is the same width no matter how you turn it, which seems counterintuitive. But anyway, um, the, the point is, I normally say, um, what's your favorite shape? Uh, before I start talking about shape, because I ask the audience, what's your favorite shape? Uh, I'm only telling you this story because you might, you might get the joke. When, we, when I asked that question at, um, at the mapping conference, they said, shape file. The joke works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I was completely oblivious. But apparently a shape file is like, you know, it's the, the sort of the quantum of, uh, of mapping data. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, that's the, the, the Esri and Art GIS standard stuff. Uh, I could sit and nerd out about that for hours, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> that will really confuse people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's kind of a, a bit weird how it, it seems that there's much more opportunity at the moment for kind of nerdy comedy. I'm not. Have you, have you seen the kind of uh, how that's come about in the last few years? What, what, what do you think has brought that on? Yeah, it's interesting. Things have driven it. Um, you know, um, sort of popular interest in science. From like from the likes of Brian Cox, obviously, people getting interested in it. At the same time, comedians getting interested in science. Um, uh, the obvious being Robin Ince. Mm. So you know, Robin Ince, I think, was at the sort of the start of it, um, working with Brian Cox and doing all those things. And you know, a lot of a lot of my gigs are uh, are from Robin and same true for Helen and Matt. Um, and so, so I think it it's people feeling that they can nerd out about things you know um, just like what are you interested in what are you fascinated about uh, and actually whatever that is you, you can probably make it funny <laughs> in some way um, so yeah I think it, there's a growth from that and, and also looking at things like um, uh, science show off and, and, and you know this Steve Cross his, his sort of stuff yeah, I wonder if that comes from um, the academia side a bit more. Where these days, if you want to get funding for research, you have to um, you you have to put somewhere in your budget that you're going to do outreach and uh, public engagement. So there's all this money sort of sloshing about for engaging the public in science, mm. and so people look into that and make it entertaining and interesting. Uh, so yeah, it's it's come from a few places. Actually. Is this, uh, yeah, you speak about kind of the outreach stuff, because I've read something about guerrilla science that you're involved with as well? Yeah, um, I was involved with guerrilla science, and um, they still invite me to stuff, and, and I've not been able to go the last few times, but I'd love to start, uh, do a few more things with them. Um, I, yeah, I, I just because I was so busy, I had to, uh, I had to pull back on right. some things. Are, are, you, are you still to, touring Festival of the Spoken Nerd at the moment, or is that... Because no, you were the touring tour, at the start the of the year, weren't you? Yeah, the, the tour is finished. Um, that was immense fun and uh, bigger and better than the last one. And hopefully the next one will be bigger and better than this one, you know, and that's sort of how you, how you hope to go. But um, good of science, I, I, I highly recommend trying to catch whatever they do. They're so innovative and uh, they do, uh, they, they go to music festivals like Secret Garden Party and they do amazing, they've got their own there. Um, I had so much fun doing all that stuff. Uh, they're, they're a bit like the sort of hipsters of the science community. <laughs> right. I, I, I say that with love. Um, <laughs> you know, they're like they're like the cool kids of, uh, of science communication. I think they're brilliant. Cool. Um, 
kind of a bit, do you think uh, shows things like the Big Big Bang Theory and things have, have kind of contributed towards uh, the kind of the upswing? I, I wonder if they have. It's there's um, uh, the Big Bang Theory is controversial, isn't it? Um, because we're talking about the sitcom, not not Bangos the Theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But much as I do love Bangos the Theory as well, my my daughter loves yeah. that as well. <laughs> Um, it's controversial, uh, the Big Bang Theory, among nerds, isn't it? Some people think it's great, some people don't. Um, yeah. I haven't seen enough of it, um, but I, I mean, I've always found it funny that the contention is, is it a true representation of nerds? And, and of course it isn't, mm. uh, because it's kind of like, it's a, it's the Hollywood nerd, isn't it? You know? Yeah. The, the kind of, um, the way they dress and everything like that. But at the same time, uh, it seems like they make an effort to get the science right and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm pro Big Bang Theory, and yeah, uh, yeah it's it's at the it's at the sort of pop culture end of things, but it has its place, and I think it it definitely has contributed. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of it, it swings a bit between uh, both the kind of real science nerdery and then the kind of comic book and film aspects of it. So it, it's it's trying to kind yeah, of yeah, tread yeah, both paths. I think. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what 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 are you up to at the moment then? If you are you busy writing new material um, or? Well, uh, so Festival Spoken Nerd just did our uh, radio pilot, which was very exciting. Um, and uh, a, a kind of a very new experience for us, yeah. um, a new media to write uh, to write for, and uh, a, a new sort of writing structure as well. It's interesting in ra what you can do in radio. We sort of you just we we stand there and we tell the audience, right? Um, this week we're running a restaurant, <laughs> and then we imagine all the nerdy things you could do when you're running a restaurant. Uh, right. For the listener, they're just kind of like, uh, it, it just works. And even though there's a live audience there and we're sometimes talking to them, um, they still believe that we're in a restaurant. It's it's really, it's a, it's a weird thing, but it, it just works. And and um, that was, you know, um, several days of, of hard work. Mm. But um, but it paid off and the, the pilot went brilliantly well. I can't imagine it going any better. So um, if it doesn't get commissioned, it's because it's, it's not because we kind of messed up on the night. I think it just it's not what they want. But um, it was so much fun to do, and, and fingers crossed, uh, it will get commissioned, and then we'll turn it into a four-episode series. Cool. We'll I mean, who, who who's that for? It would end up on Radio Four if they wanted. Radio Four. Yeah, um, it's the. I mean, it's the only destination I think for you know talk radio. Of yeah, that sure. Nature. Um, and if, but if it doesn't, we'll we'll put it out as a podcast, and it'll, you know, it'll be uh, fun for everyone. Um, yeah, it's positive, uh, positive productions. Um, we, we we had a meeting with this guy, uh, David, of Positive, um, and it was it was just brilliant because often you know if you mention something slightly nerdy to someone, you think, right, I'm going to just quickly explain this, you know, and we'd mentioned something uh, and. Uh, David would sort of go, oh yeah, no, because of course uh, Matrix transformations, uh, you know, that's it. Mm. Like he just he just knew all that <laughs> stuff, and we're like, I can't, I can't believe this guy exists, you know. Uh, <laughs> the sort of a perfect producer for our radio show, total nerd, 
um, and you know, we spent a lot. A lot of our meetings were spent sort of digressing on various topics of yeah. science and technology. Um, but yeah, so that so we've just finished doing that. What else am I up to now? I've um, uh, so Festival Spoken Nerd. We've got a few gigs coming up. We're doing. Uh, we've got the Underbelly uh, shows. We've got uh, three three more of those left, uh, which is the Big Upside Down Purple Cow on the London South Bank. Uh, we're, we're inside a purple cow. Uh, okay. Show, uh, <laughs> this is always really good fun. Um, and uh, so that's going on. Um, beyond that, we will uh, eventually start doing um, new material nights. But for now, except for those Edibelli shows, we, we've sort of got a bit of a lull, which mm -hmm. is great because I've got um, various things I need to do. Um, my wife is pregnant. <laughs> so that's oh. uh, so, a... Thank you very much. So that's that's all happening. <laughs> Matt's in Australia at the moment, I think. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all going on. Wow. All right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, you, you definitely need a bit of time. Yeah. And enjoy the sleep, sir, yeah. while you have it. <laughs> yeah. Like I've got it. It's it's really boring, but you know, like we've got to we've got to get a new kitchen before the baby arrives and all this sort of stuff. It's like t totally um, mundane stuff, but yeah, lots of things like that for me to do. <laughs> so you you kind of said a bit about how you got into it through stand up and you you're doing all sorts of different things now. You, you work in a lot of different mediums. Um, is there a particular medium that you're that you're more fond of? Because obviously you've done the podcasts for Festival of the Spoken yeah. Nerd. You've done TV. You've done live stand up. Uh, is, is there a particular medium that you prefer? Um, I would say. The, the live spoken nerd shows are the preferred medium um, because we, you know we, we've we've pushed it to be uh, this slick thing you know we put production value into it you know Helen was really the driver for that like yeah. just you know making sure everything uh, works like uh, you know like just just technically the, the best stuff that we do and um, it's the stuff we've worked on the most and, and all that um, so probably that. I mean, t TV is is a different thing. So far, the, the things that I've done have been someone else's idea that I've come into and sort of tried to make my own and, and that sort of thing, which is a really interesting process. But it's not the same as as building something from scratch that's your own. Yeah. Which is what we did with, uh, which is what we've done with the with the live shows. If if we end up getting a radio show uh, series. At the end of all of that, I might change my mind, and I might say actually, radio is, is my favourite so far. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think probably the, the live show is just, and it's such an immediate feedback as well, which you don't get with television. Yeah, um, true. Because so. I mean, of course, there's a there's a lot of the kind of on online mediums as well. Because uh, I know you guys put out stuff on your YouTube channels and things like that as well. Do, do I, you think... I've got my YouTube channel. As well. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I love doing the YouTube stuff, but it's, it, it just takes a bit of time to make a video, you know, and go and get, get everything set up. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I won't go into how other people got interested in the movement of your balls. Yeah, that was amazing. When your YouTube video goes viral, that's a, a, a brilliant experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very happy about that. <laughs> yes, the the mould effect. I I have to congratulate you on that, sir. 
answering that. I mean, you know, he said it once in the video, and I've been pushing it ever since. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, in, in in terms of that, there there seems to be a huge amount of opportunity for people to self-produce content and put that out there into the world. Do, do, do you? Yeah. Is that something that you? feel you, you want to do more of or is that something that you are you happy kind of sticking within the kind of established production boundaries no I, w- I would i would love to do more of that um and it's just a case of finding the time really uh, hopefully uh, actually over the next sort of few weeks i will have time to do that there's a, there's a few videos that i want to make mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i, I plan to i, I plan to, to bash out a few more it's sort of when you've got what when you've got one viral video that's got a million and a half views then you make another one, you think it's brilliant, and it sort of gets 10,000 views, and you well, what happened? No, no, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I did, a, um, I did my first collaboration video with, um, with James Grime, who you might know from, he's got his Singing Banana YouTube channel, yeah. but he does a lot of stuff at Number File as well, um, two great YouTube channels. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's brilliant, because he's got loads of uh, subscribers. So when I put that video on my channel, and then he linked to it from his, Suddenly, I've got all these new followers. It's great. Yeah. So that's the way to do it. That's the way to get new followers is uh, to collaborate with other YouTubers. Yeah. And try and do some more. Um, do you? Um, I was going to say about the, the kind of promotion aspect because it, it feels very difficult when you're trying to do your own stuff online. You kind of have to really start shouting about your own thing. I, I think that's very difficult, especially for British people. We don't we don't like shouting. Oh, about it is. Yeah, no, sort of self-promotion is horrible, isn't it? Yeah. But you sort of have to, yeah, you just sort of, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know how you do it well without sounding like an ass, but yeah, maybe maybe it doesn't doesn't sound like that to other people. <laughs> I don't. I don't know because I, I, I find it very, very difficult. I kind of. I have to stop and look every now and then because I'm kind of putting stuff out on Twitter and out on Facebook. And I kind of step back for a minute and go, God, I, I'm just bombarding these people with with stuff <laughs> that, that yeah. they they may not necessarily be interested in in the slightest, but they you yeah. know they're, they're, they're too like uh, they're, they're too British to turn around and tell me to shut up. <laughs> yeah, they just unfollow you. That's yeah. So do you do you find that a challenge or? Um, I, I yeah I do I'm not very active on Twitter actually I, I need to be more active mm. I, I think people follow me so I think why did I bother? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, it is good to be on there because uh, people can people can tweet me and then I can reply you know so when they've when I've, when they've seen a video or got a question or something like that yeah they often a lot of people tweet because they want to reproduce the the beads. Coming out of a pot. <laughs> so I, I, Do you get what? So you've actually had people doing fan videos of it, have you? I have. I have some fan videos. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, as I have a fan vine, in fact. Uh, a fan vine. Oh, what people just trying to do the uh, do the the mold effect out of that of a jar. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that that's pretty cool, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, have you had people trying to set uh, set gherkins on fire as well? Well, the thing is about gherkins is that you know that that's been around for ages, and in fact, uh, Simon Singh was doing it uh, way before I was, and then you know other people were doing it way before Simon Singh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's been around a while. The the the, the beads are kind of like I can you know, kind of kind of take responsibility for, <laughs> but there's very little else I can I can claim, but uh, you know claim to own. 
or at least you know not owned but like uh, I don't know discovered yeah. uh, Simon Singh actually yeah because another thing that I'm very into is, is um, cryptography and that sort of thing so I, I, I tend to oh, go yeah. on, on his site quite a lot because he's got some wonderful examples of, of how to use cryptography uh, is, is that something that you've kind of looked at? I haven't looked at his stuff at all on cryptography. I, I think it's really interesting. Um, I've never fully understood how uh, cryptography works. Like I know it's to do with um, two prime numbers and you multiply them together, but I've never, I've never. I think the math gets quite hard, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so like, it, 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 it kind of starts out with the original. I think the site's called the Black Room or something like that. And it goes right back to the kind of history of cryptography, things like Caesar shift algorithms and stuff, which is just simple transposition keys. And yeah, goes yeah, yeah. from that right the way up to the kind of really hardcore stuff. I just think it's brilliant. Have you seen Simon Singh talk about um, the Enigma machine? Yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, James Grimes got to talk about the Enigma machine as well. Um, but I love the, um, the you know, one of the sort of one of the flaws that w enabled us to crack the enigma was the fact that a, a letter never uh, is never coded to itself. Mm. So a K will never be K, and a W will never become a W. Yeah. And um, there was a there was a well, if you write a message um, and it's just a short message. You need to, um, you need to fill it in with like fluff because you don't want the enemy knowing that you're sending a short message or a long message because that is useful information, right? Yeah. So if you're sending a short message, then pad it out with with crap. But what some of the uh, what's I'm doing was padding out with a single letter. Um, I think it was actually W. Oh, hang on, I'm losing you again, sir. The Brits were able to look at this thing and see that there weren't any Ws. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and so, and, and so, this was one of the flaws of uh, of Enigma, and I, I just the, the way it was cracked is absolutely incredible and, and just uh, a really interesting story. Yeah, cause I think there's, there's a, an Enigma machine uh, emulator on on that website that you can just sit and play with and change all the cogs and stuff. And yeah, I, I, love, I love stuff like that. <laughs> We did, uh, we did a show at the, um, um, I can't remember the name of the theatre now, when did we used to do shows for a while? Cockpit Theatre. Uh, and uh, No, 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 it's in, uh, it's just north of Baker Street. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and for some reason in the bar area they have this typewriter where you can just type stuff if you want, you know. Uh, we had Simon Singh and he was talking about the Enigma machine and uh, after the gig uh, we looked at the typewriter and someone had just gone out to the typewriter and just typed loads of W's on it which I thought was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> alright cool <laughs> anyway so I, I, I shall not take up much more of your afternoon now I shall, I shall let you get back to, to kitchens right. and so forth thank you very much I'm um, doing my tax return now so oh, tax return's that's... marvellous that's yeah that nice and exciting yeah, afternoon yeah. for you <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thanks very much for taking some time out to chat to me. My pleasure. Take care. Cheers.